College is a wonderful place, don't get me wrong, but it is also home to one of the most perilous social spheres in modern history, the dating world. You're listening to Smart. So I was at a social function, a bonfire, on a Friday night here back at Andrews, and I was surrounded by my peers, social creatures searching for connection and avoiding the possibility of becoming a social plague, being completely unavoidable and being completely unwanted by every single person on campus. If you casually listen, this is what you'd hear. going to be good. So... What do you have for I can't believe you just said music. No, it doesn't work like that. It comes out of my mouth or no one's But if you listen closely, you'll hear the true nature of the environment. You'll hear the jungle. Here's Boone, an old friend of mine, soft-spoken, funny, weird, enough to be accepted into society. Alright, so this one time I was, I was dating this girl, and it was after my first year in college, and I had just gotten a vehicle. This isn't really about pursuing a girl as much as it is about a hardship in a relationship, or just a strange thing to me. Um, <clears throat> a fake mating call, as you would say. And uh, and it, it was seeming that she wanted us to go out on more dates because um, and get closer, and because uh, I just got in my car, and so I could actually take her somewhere, and I was going to take her somewhere nice. Um, and so I took her. Let's call her Ethel. Mm-hmm. I took Ethel to uh, a restaurant. Um, I don't remember the name of it. And we had a lovely dinner. And after the dinner, I paid the bill. And after I paid the bill, she broke up with me. And uh, this is my little story of that. I like to call that, like Boone stated before, the false mating call. When a potential mate begins the mating dance but only began and danced because you had an extra antelope left over. So as I continue my search through the jungle, I found Christina's story. The millennial dating world is certainly not heavy on communication and simply just letting things go. So, I dated this guy, and we um, we kind of hopped into things pretty fast. Nonetheless, we kind of went with it. So we were dating, and we just kind of realized that we were dating, but we were more like we were more friends than we were dating (laughs) does that make sense so we broke up it was my idea I'm the one who brought it up I should say but he agreed right so it was a mutual decision hey this isn't working out 
we're better friends than romantically involved people. So let's just keep this friendship going. So the friendship keeps going and then the person becomes more and more toxic like suddenly wanting to do people who are romantically involved things that they do. So I'm like, well, that's funny because, you know, a couple weeks ago you weren't trying to, you weren't trying to do all kinds of stuff like this. So I kept putting my foot down like, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't have time for this. Trying to focus on me, right? So he takes that the wrong way. (laughs) totally wrong way and decides to use it against me right and I was just kind of like what like for what this is what happens when you're dishonest in a relationship and when you don't take initiative so our friendship slowly dwindled what little friendship we had slowly dwindled and then it got to the point where he was, I guess, forcing himself on me. And I would be like, no, no. And he just, like, if I say no, I don't want you touching me like that, he would just, like, force a kiss or something like that. I'm just like, no, like, no, no, okay. So, ended the friendship because he didn't get the hint. Quit having talks with him, quit hanging out with him, didn't get the hint. Came to the dorm like a sad puppy. Like, Christina, when are we going to work out? Or when are we going to hang out and study? Let's go study. I'm like, no. No. I don't want to hang out with you. Clearly. I haven't called you in like, what, four weeks now? So, this pisses him off, of course. So he blows up and then throws back a situation in my face that I had told him about a previous relationship. Throws that back in my face. I shared him with in confidence. He was like, yo, this person was right about you. And I'm going to take their advice now. And that was that. Now the two of them walk around like they're best friends. Now, if you were to peruse into the happenings of the animal kingdom, we could call this the rabid beast. When the hunt blinds you from all reason and dignity. Ugh. Now, this next story is a bit longer than most, but this is Calvin. Stories of the jungle, stories of kids in our generation, can reach even to high school. Life in the jungle can be a growing experience for anybody. All right, so this one time in high school, there was this girl. uh, Let's call her... um, (laughs) uh, One sec. Um, I'm going to call her... Uh, Jenny, all right, uh, Jenny from the block, and she, um, I had a, a huge crush on her since freshman year of high of high school, all right, and what happened was that we had German class together, and side note, I t- only took that German class because I thought it was going to be an easy A, um, because I already speak German, and um, it started out like, you know, one of those cute romances where like, oh, hey, do you want to go to banquet with me? I was, I was at an Adventist high school. Do you want to go to banquet with me? Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, it evolved into um, a little bit more like telling each other that well, we liked each other. And um, unfortunately, my sophomore year, I had to move away to Canada. 
And um, we tried to keep it up, you know, Skype every week and stuff like that. Um, and like a couple months, couple months in, she tells me that the only reason why she um, told me that she likes me is because she really liked the attention I gave her, which like really like crushed me. I remember I was pretty sad. I suppose it was a good thing I was all the way in Canada because I don't know, like seeing her every day in in that same school would have been pretty hard. So it um, it really helped. Uh, you know, I got over it. Uh, she was miles away. I was miles away. Um, and then uh, some uh, my junior year, I was still in Canada, and I decided to like you know just kind of chatter up again and uh, just kind of catch up. And um, yeah, we uh, we caught up, and I was telling her about like um, what I'm uh, how I'm doing, and she talked uh, like she asked me like, "Is there a girl for me?" I was like, "Oh, you know, there was like." Just a little, um, just a little things here and there, and um, she basically told me the same. And then eventually we started talking regularly again, right? And um, then she pulls out this crazy card and she says, "Kelvin, I never stopped liking you." And I was just like, "Hold up, wait a minute! You told me so one year ago. She told me that you just wanted my attention." So. You know, I grew up. I grew up like a little tiny bit. Obviously, not enough, but uh, I grew up a tiny bit and told her like, "Well, that doesn't sound. It just doesn't sound um, realistic." And um, I just told her, "Okay, I I really don't like you at the same way at this moment." But anyway, skip a little bit forward, and we uh, we started like talking. And I gotta admit, I started like falling again to the point where um, I really wanted to, uh, to move back to my old town. Um, not not just because she was there, but also because um, I high key was sick of the school I was at. Um, anyways, uh, like I I get there like thinking, all right, this is gonna be great. Um, oh, actually, I I left out a huge part. Huge part of the story was that that um, this whole time frame that happened in the spring semester of my junior year, right? So that's the time where she told me, Calvin, I still like you. And we started picking things back up again. So throughout that summer, that summer of um, where I was going to become a senior, uh, I'm back home, which is Germany, by the way. And uh, you know, we Skype. And I Skype till like 6 a.m. in the morning and stuff like that. You know, those long distance relationship, cute stuff. And um, she eventually like drops this uh, I, the I love you part, right? And um, you know, I, I was really happy, and I was really confident this is gonna work out. And um, a little bit towards the end of summer, she tells me this, Calvin. Right now, I am in a. I really hope I can say this: this physical relationship, this pure physical relationship, with another guy. And I'm just, uh, and I'm not ready to give that up. And I'm like, what? But you told me to. But you told me that you love me. And I, like, you know, I was I was really frustrated, confused. You know, I was really I was really I don't know what I, I didn't know what to do. And I got I got pretty angry. And like, um, that was just the start of like a winding like a downhill road for me, because throughout the senior year, the following senior year, like, um, yeah, I know she she did, um, that's not where like that's not where it stopped. It. Um, it was kind of like a cat and mouse game where at one point she wanted me 
and I wanted her. But um, every time she wanted me, like I was too mad at her, so I would push her away. But then I started liking her again, and um, eventually I was able to get over it. Like this is a long story short, uh, I was able to get over it after, after, after I would say like another whole year, like throughout through the beginning of my senior of my of my freshman year of college, and um, looking back at it. I, uh, I still sometimes think about how this whole experience with this girl really formed my my standards and morals and what I seek in a romantic relationship. I um, I I know that I basically went through hell uh, because of this girl. Like she really hurt me emotionally. But at the end of the day, she um, because of this experience, um, I can. Uh, I know what I want, such as I'm looking for um, decisiveness. Like decisiveness really um, is a huge thing with me now, and um, I'm also not a. Uh, I hope so, at least. Uh, I, I'm not a pushover anymore because I, um, throughout my entire experience with this girl, uh, I was just being a pushover, and I would do anything she wanted to, um, anything she wanted me to do, and I guess I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not a wuss. And um, I know I know when enough is enough, and I know when to walk away from a situation. So throughout this whole, um, like I would say, throughout whole, um, my whole high school experience, she was always playing a part in my life, uh, which is I want to say it was bad. But um, if I wouldn't have gone through this terrible experience, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And now a word from our sponsors. Don't change the channel. But first, there's a world of wonderful entertainment awaiting you every weekday in the daytime with CBS Radio's roster of wonderful dramatic serials. This Monday, listen in. And now, for the second act. My journey to collect stories in the dangerous jungles of Malaysia. Or the perilous dating sphere of the millennial generation, if you don't want to be so dramatic about it. Continued, and I found Janelle. She experienced a case of leapfrog. Okay, so I was in my sophomore year of high school. And, you know, I was going through one of those drought seasons where I wasn't really talking to anybody. So, you know, I was I was kind of bored. So there was this one dude at my church. He had liked me for, like, two years. I wanted his older brother, but his older brother didn't want me. So eventually, you know, he got my number. So I was like, that. I mean, I'll at least entertain it. Mm, so, um... We we talked we talked a lot we talked a lot he texted me like multiple times in a minute each day um, and it was a lot and I was beginning to get caught like very claustrophobic and it just reached a point where one day I told him I was like I can't do this anymore like we just keep arguing and he wanted to be in a relationship and I was like no. And he was just like, we're in a relationship if I'm talking to you all this. And I was just like, no. And so finally I told him, I can't do this anymore, whatever this is. Like, I can't do this anymore. And then he was like, and then I felt bad. So I was like, nah, 
I think we can work it out. Because I really hate hurting people's hearts. And then he told me, I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's why you look like a frog. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> and he, yeah. <laughs> he told me I look like a frog. And he was like, I, he, yeah. <laughs> and he just, yeah, we hung up. <laughs> we have a tendency to leap to conclusions. We hate the in-between of getting to know someone and steadily hopping to a committed relationship. So we refuse to be amphibious, existing in that in-between. So we rush to the guarantee of a relationship with only froggy results. So if you didn't know already, all of these stories are from people that are attending Andrews University as we speak. But Nia is a new transfer student, a new friend I made this year. She came from another school, so I was very eager to see what story she had to share. Okay, so I'm a crappy texter. I don't like texting you, even if I like you. But especially if I don't like you, I'm not, I'm not going to text you. So this one particular person, we would text back and forth every now and then. He'd text me, I'd respond sometimes. And then one particular day, he texted me a screenshot of our text messages with the caption, <laughs> with the caption, I don't know what to do. Our conversations are always so dry. So, of course, you know, I'm like, do I want to respond to him? Because I feel like I'll be acknowledging him if I respond to him. And, you know, that's, that's what he wants. So later, he was just like, you know, can we just blame this on me having an Android? I was like, no. No, we can't. I said, no, we can't. He said, no, I, I was, <laughs> sorry. Um, he was like, no. Um, one of my friends asked me about the girl that I like and how it was going. I was telling him that I don't know what to do about you. I was like, well, don't screenshot my text messages. And we'll be good. And that was it. That's the end of my story. I don't really have good stories. So it's clear that what needed to be said wasn't immediately said. And we have a means of communication. It's speech. Bees also are known to communicate using a dance, the waggle dance. This is used to communicate the distance of food, and it is an important part of a bee's survival. Humans have a waggle dance, too. Beating around the bush, the metaphorical bush, not saying whatever needs to be said plainly in fear of rejection or being seen as a jerk. So we dance until someone slips up. Now coming up on the end of our journey through the jungle, we have an anonymous story where two creatures just couldn't meet. Two peacocks fluttering their feathers that couldn't get each other's attention. Two caterpillars that became different butterflies. It was a loss in transformation. Okay, once upon a time, there was a girl who grew up in like a really strict home. Close to me. And she didn't really get out much because her parents were really strict and you know, but they wanted the best for her, yada yada yada. So she got to college, she felt like it was a time for her to break out, experience things that other people did not, um, well, that they experienced what she didn't experience. So basically, uh, she went to college. And she made a lot of friends. And then um, she met this person, right? This person, X, um, was really cool, really chill. 
At first, he didn't really think much of this person because, you know, he was just there, yada, yada. But then, after, like, some times of talking, they got to know each other a little bit more. But the sad thing was, you know, you're in college. Sometimes you make a group of friends, and a certain group of friends don't get along with other friends. And one thing she learned at this school that was a culture, culture shock for her, well, many things were a shock for her because she wasn't used to it. But one thing that was a big shock was just the culture separations and that people were different. And even if you are this person, like somebody else is a person, certain things like culture, your upbringing, your friends can separate you. And so um, they are good friends for a hot minute, but they knew it couldn't go any further because they are of different worlds. So that's the end of the story. It's true. It's a jungle out there. It's a fun place to be, but it can be heartbreaking. Lack of communication, fear, apprehension, indecisiveness, and craving for attention all pour into a soup of young adult confusion. It all simply comes down to communication, which is simply, in this digital jungle, we are all in very hard to come by. In the end, we're all the same animal, and we should all speak the same language. Say what you mean. Be what you say. Don't puff, don't shrink, stand your sacred ground. Be honest, speak with compassion. Find worth in yourself, not purely in others. And hey, if you think you're leading on a giraffe, then just ask the giraffe if they feel that way and clarify to prevent any future confusion. Even if they don't receive it well, you did your best. So good luck out there and grab your safari hat. Stay smart. Um, there's this, there's this guy, he was, um, I had met him earlier, a few months earlier, but then, um, I saw him again at a basketball game with friends, so we have mutual friends, but I never really talked to him before, and he came with a girl, um, I remember the first thing I saw, I was like, oh, he's hot, I don't know, man, like, he's, he was athletic. I really like that. But um, he came with a girl, and the girl was the most obnoxious girl I have ever. I don't know. She just, she was loud. She was scary. She sounded like a witch in my head. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's maybe that's my head. But she was. I just. I thought she was obnoxious. She was nice, but she was obnoxious. So my first thought was like, oh, I'm better. And now he's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs>